The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Friday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Hope you're doing well. Good show this morning. All kinds of things happening. Uh, Chrissy Andrews will join us later. Vinny can't make it today, so Chrissy's going to fill in. Uh, for Vinny uh, to close the show today. We look forward to that. Uh, always a treat to have Chrissy in. Uh, used to having him during football season. Here we get a non-football treat. Adam Burke, hardest man to book at VEASAN, uh, will be joining us uh, second hour as well. Adam Burke, who writes, among other things, the greatest baseball season win total manifestos you'll ever see in your life. Sadly, he will not get a chance to do that here uh, in the uh, short term. Uh, or maybe he will. We'll talk to him about baseball, basketball, college, and pro as well on the way. Matty Cox on college hoops from Three Man Weave. Paul Carr, who not only will give us a soccer pick, but he will come to us from the Combine, from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, where he is doing his thing with True Media Sports. Uh, yesterday, all anybody wanted to talk about was hand size of quarterbacks. Uh, so we had to measure our hand sizes on primetime action last night. We'll update that as well. Gives me a chance to uh, give you a hand size measurements. That's exciting. And then we uh, 40-yard dashes last night when we were on primetime. Like, these guys were, were setting ridiculous times to the point where I was like, could somebody check the stopwatch? Turns out they had to adjust all the time. So we'll get, we'll get into all that with Paul. Um, John Anik as well from last night's primetime action to talk about UFC 272 as well. And by the way, uh, my fourth producer of the week, because Jeffrey Parlay once again out today, uh, we bring in Wyatt Tomchek. Good morning to you, Wyatt. You good? Morning, Gil. I'm I'm good. Uh, I got a early text waking up this morning. I'm like, oh, I better uh, hustle over to work today. And uh, yeah, Jeff Jeff said he was good yesterday, and he was like, ah, uh, not so much. Yeah, it just uh, something caught up with him, so he had to yeah. he had to make the call of the bullpen here. Well, hopefully, hope he- uh, hopefully I have a clean one, two, three inning. I think he'll be all right. Uh, Wyatt, another yet another in a slew of of UNLV play by play announcers for the Lady Rebels. Yes. That is correct. I've been the uh, Lady Lady Rebel play-by-play broadcaster for the last few years. Replaced uh, Adam Candy, who helped uh, hire me onto the, the job. The great Adam Candy. Yep. Who, by the way, has the greatest voice in the history of radio. If I had his voice, I feel like I could, I could be so much better. You know. Adam Candy. I can't say enough good things. Ladies and gentlemen, can't say enough good things about this gentleman as well. From his mom's cork, uh, cork attic, I should say, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and star of the Megapod, it's Todd Wishnev. How you doing, Toddy? What's up, Gilio? How are you? 
Where's the O come from? Where do you get the Gilly O from now? I just, you know, switch yeah, it up a little Gilly bit o, every switch. once in a while. Did you uh, enjoy seeing me behind the Pepperdine bench last night at the uh, West Coast Conference? Yes, Center? that was very entertaining. My over did not come in because of a two-and-a-half-minute drought at the end of the first half. Uh, but I kept watching you uh, behind the uh, bench there, behind the Gatorade. Behind <laughs> the Gatorade. You uh, were in prime heckling position, by the way. You could have really done some heckling. I was, but I don't have that. In, like, you have that in your DNA. I just don't. I, yes. I do not. I can't bring I know, it. It's not you. It's not me. It's definitely not you. <laughs> it would be. Very but good. you you really were in prime heckling position. If I would have been there, oh my god, I it would have been. I'd be like, I have the over, guys. Let's move it. Come on. When they were giving me the ticket, I was like, can you get me in prime heckling position? Just to impress Todd. So uh, Pepperdine didn't get there, by the way. In the uh, it's hard to call it opening round. It's funny with some of these brackets in these conferences how they the brackets can be really funky. And in the West Coast Conference, they essentially give Gonzaga and St. Mary's a triple buy. Right to get all the way to the semis, and they just like have the rest of the teams play each other. Uh, so Pepperdine didn't get there. They should have. They were up six, then they were up one with five minutes left. And it was just a turnover onslaught, and uh, USD gets the cover in that one. What have you found? First of all, do you love? Uh, you, for those who don't know, Todd. Todd was also uh, one of the stars of uh, Showtime docuseries Action, and you make your hay in-game betting. You love in-game betting college basketball, maybe more than anything. Does it get better for you at this time of year? Does it get worse? Is it the same same principles apply? How does it work for you? I feel like it's the same principles apply. You know, it's it's really the same thing. I mean, it, you just have to learn the metrics. I mean, the I guess just to the simplest thing. Well, obviously, we never have enough time on these shows to really get into the real meat and potatoes of the math. But um, the the simplest thing to start with on in-game betting is totals in college basketball games that are being played at incorrect paces. And what I mean by incorrect paces is. When a game is lined 125, which is an extremely low totaled college basketball game, it's definitely on the the lower, much, much lower side, right? And in the first half of the game, you know, eight minutes into the game, you've played 20% of the basketball game at that point, right? Eight out of 40 minutes. And at that point, you see, well, the fouls are starting to creep up and the pace is much faster than a pace for a 125-point lined game is at that point you have a real opportunity either for first half in-game betting or full game in-game betting, depending on the situation. But that's kind of the the first step, I would say, in, you know, the easiest type of in-game college basketball stuff. Could you be, you've done this before on the show, but it's been a while. Could you do the whole box score halftime hack thing for us? Yeah, sure. The, the, it's just the possessions. Uh, you know, Ken Palm talks about possessions all the time and pace of game. And the the hack to – I mean, it's not a hack. It's actually how you – I mean, um, sorry calculate to, it. It's not, sorry it's, to it's, disparage it's, your, your calculations. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It, it, maybe it is a hack because it's slightly I'm, – I'm, I'm not doing it 100%, but I'm doing it, you know, 98% of how, it, how it's done. Um, basically, you take a look at the uh, box score, the team stats. You can do this right off ESPN. You count the field goals attempted. You count the free throws. You're supposed to count them 0.475, but I just do half, right? So, for instance, if a team has 30 shots at the end of the first half, they have 10 free throws. You have 30 shots as 30 possessions, 10 free throws and an additional five possessions, right? Half the free throws, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you take the turnovers minus the offensive rebounds. So let's say in this example we have eight turnovers, 
five offensive rebounds, add an additional three more possessions. So now you've got 30 from the shots, five from the free throws, three from the turnovers minus the offensive uh, rebounds. And in that situation, you have a 38 possession first half. 38 possession first half, by the way, is a very fast first half. A slow first half, a super slow first half is like 28 first half possessions. A super fast first half is 38 and over possessions. A normal one will be anywhere in between, you know, averages around 32, 33-ish. Um, but like I said, if you see a game that's lined, let's say a game lined 122, that's about as low as they go. I mean, last night, San Diego State was 116, but 120, 120, 122, that's a really low lined game. That means the first half possession should be in the neighborhood of 29-30 first half possessions. So that means if I'm at the eight minute mark, right, I should have about 12 possessions, maybe a little less because you're going to have more possessions towards the end of the half because of fouling. But let's say in the neighborhood of 12 possessions. But I see there's already 15 possessions eight minutes into the first half of the game and the fouls are at, say, four for one team, five for the other team. So we're lurking towards the bonus as well. Uh-oh, the alarm bells go off. We're having, there may be more, a lot more points than was otherwise thought of in this ball game. Now, you want to keep other things into account as well. You, uh, shot percentages, if the three-point shot percentage is very high, you may want to lay off because that's probably going to come down. If the turnovers are very high, that means really it's it's kind of fake fast game because there's a lot of turnovers, you're not getting shots. You know, so uh, meaning a 30 possession with one turnover type of half is similar to a 34 possession half with, say, six or seven turnovers because you're not getting as many shots. So there's all the, you know, it gets much more complicated than I'm really, you no, know, no, I'm I, just trying to give you the basics. I like it. So, so relate to, so going back, just want to make this as simple as possible. This is tough to translate on, on radio, but I hope, I hope people who are interested are, are picking up on this, but give just sort of your What's a what's a standard amount of possessions? Go back to that again because just so so we understand why you're doing this. What's a standard right. amount of possessions per total? Then just to give people okay, so, a baseline. So, right. So so just if by the way, if you go to Ken Palm, Ken Palm's got amazing stuff on this, and you could learn a lot more about this. And that's kind of how I taught myself all this stuff. But um, basically, like the median possessions in Ken Palm is about 67 and a half possessions for a game. Now, you're not going to get half the possession the first half, half in the second half, because remember, in college basketball, there's always typically going to be less possessions in the first half and a little bit more possessions in the second half. That's why on a game that's totaled 140, which is like an average total, it's not first half 70, second half 70. It's first half 66, second half 74. Okay, so that's always the the way college basketball works as far as first half, second half. But as you were saying before, you asked me about high and low totals. A 120 game, you know, is going to have a very low possession. It's going to be the low 60 possessions for the game. So the first half is going to be around 29 or 30 possessions. That's where it's supposed to be in a really high scoring. Let's say it's like an Iowa game. It's 155. Now, I was not exactly a great example because they have very low turnovers, but but a game that's really high, 156 or something like that, right? That game's supposed to have 36, 37 first half possessions. So if it has 42 first half possessions, they're playing even faster than they thought you even thought they were. Right, but so here's the, we only have a minute left, so I want to get to the money question on this. So sure. when something is trending ahead of pace or below pace, how, the, the money question is always, do you expect that to continue or do you expect it to regress? 
That's the that's right. the whole thing, right? right? Okay, I'm sorry. Right. So so yes. Yeah. So in my example, at the eight minute mark, you've got a lot of fouls and you've got a lot of possessions. That's going to continue. There's going to be more possessions in this game than normal. And you can say, oh, but they already took that into account. No, they didn't because they are lining the rest of the in-game game based on the original 125 of pregame. So they might bump it a little bit, but they may not bump it enough. Now, by the way, I could talk about this for hours, but I'm just trying to give people no, I love a little it. taste. It's, it's uh, right, Yeah, I mean, and that is a little taste, and, and unfortunately we got to run, but that's sort of, that's, that's Todd Wishnev in the in-game lab, if you will. That's what you do on a nightly basis. So we'll get pre-flop picks from Matt Cox later, but that's what Toddy does. Because you, you basically bet no pre-flop, none whatsoever. Almost none. I mean, I'll, 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 you know, I had Iowa first half over. I do some first halves a little here and there, maybe 10%. Real quick, anything you'd like for tonight, preflop, or just in game? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really intelligent enough to be on your show, but let's be honest. Okay, uh, we got to go. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Carr, next. <laughs> right here Come in a numbers on. game. Goodbye. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting stilo. You're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. He usually comes on the show to uh, give us soccer picks in the Premier League and beyond, and he will do that again today with at least one of them. Uh, But he's also, uh, during the daytime anyway, he's got several hats to wear. Uh, formerly at ESPN Stats and, and uh, Information Research Department, but now at True Media Sports, also the host of the Expected Value podcast. That's what he does by day, and he's at the NFL Combine working those angles. It's Paul Carr. How you doing, Paul? 
Good morning, Gail. I, I wish I was camped out at the Starbucks at the JW Marriott here because it is the best place to just sit and people watch and see all the NFL people in the whole world just kind of go by and get their coffee and get on their day and meetings. <laughs> so explain to folks, what are you doing there specifically? Yeah. Yeah, so the NFL Combine is a lot more than just the Combine, you know, people running 40s and bench pressing and vertical jumps and all that. It's one of the few places all year that every team has people here. So almost every head coach and GM and front office person, you know, analytic staff in our case, almost all those people are here. So for us and a lot of people who work with the league, this is a chance, you know, we're meeting with 20-some-odd teams over three days, and we can knock all those out at once instead of, you know, trying to set up 20-something different phone calls or Zoom calls or something like that. So that's why we're here. That's why a lot of people are here, because everybody's here. You just get all these you know, vendors and league partners like us and companies like that that are here because you can just do so much in these three days instead of spreading it out over weeks and months. Sounds like you should do all that at the Starbucks, Paul. Seems like a good combination. Uh, well, mm-hmm. We can, uh, we can uh, multitask here. It's not, yeah. not too challenging. Yeah. So, so yesterday, the two big things. First of all, during the day, it, it shifted. But during the day, it was about hand size with all these quarterbacks, specifically yeah. Kenny Pickett whose hand size, right. what we're talking about is a hand span, right? That's what we're really talking about from, yep. from thumb to pinky, was eight and a half inches, which apparently, with the exception of, like, apparently Taysom Hill is the shortest of all hand spans of current NFL quarterbacks. Joe Burrows was nine, and they were giving him all kinds of crap for the nine. He got sacked nine times, you know, in the Titans playoff game, then seven in the Super Bowl. Yep. He didn't fumble once. Hasn't really hurt Joe Burrow. But everybody's talking about this thing with eight and a half with, with Kenny Pickett. Like, yeah. is that going to affect some team? Because obviously we're betting this stuff. Is that gonna, is some yeah. team going to be like, well, I really want to draft Kenny Pickett, but now I'm not so sure, eight and a half. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't get a good sense. I was talking to one guy with the team about it, and he said, you know, there's kind of a um, – what is, you're basically, you know, you're choosing your sample size. So, you know, is it good quarterbacks have bigger hands, or is it just, you know, is it the general size thing? Like he wasn't concerned specifically about the hand, uh, but he did think, you know, there will be teams who might, maybe they wouldn't trade up. You know, I'll just make up the numbers. They wouldn't trade up to ten to draft them, but they might take him if he falls to eighteen or whatever it is or something. Like it might make teams a little bit less aggressive. He wasn't totally convinced it was a thing. But he thought there would be, you know, at least one team would probably knock him down a little bit on the board. Not just for that, but, you know, some of the other general size things would play into it with him as well. It's almost kind of the Drew Brees sort of thing, which yeah. obviously didn't work out in that case. But there are others that did. Uh, so, so, yeah, he, he didn't think it was a big deal, but he thought some teams would. It's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Brand, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, intuitively. Brandon Allen, by the way, back, yeah, you know. He, he had a small hand, hand, and he used to do exercises. I guess Kenny Pickett was doing exercises to try to, try to make it bigger. By the way, on primetime action last <laughs> night, just as a sense of comparison, because this is obviously like not something people think about every day, we decided, like, okay, we're all going to – Ben Wilson was in for Kelly Bidlin as a producer, Matt Brown and I, and uh, every, every guest we had come in, Tim Murray from, uh, from the nightcap came in, we were going to measure hand sizes. And uh, looky here, Paul Carr, you won't be able to see this graphic, but uh, Ben Wilson uh-huh. – 8.9 uh, is where his ended oh. up. Matt Brown, 9.3. And Young Gill, 9.5, baby. Oh. Draft me. The draft ring there. Draft Let's me. Go. Yeah. Tim Murray, also a 9.5. You, uh, you can be a third-string guy for the Commanders, right? <laughs> third-string. How dare you? Something? How dare you? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. sorry. Um, 
By the way, uh, so so Russell Wilson for the for the biggest one in the current uh, current crop of NFL quarterbacks, active quarterbacks, to like uh, ten and a half. No, no, ten plus. The big the the biggest of all time, Mark Sanchez, ten and a half. That is just a uh, massive. Uh, yeah, it didn't really help his career, I guess. At the pro yeah, level. Yeah. Okay, and then that gave way to the forty times, which we also could bet on. And by the way, uh, I was recommending a bet this week, uh, slower than. 4.29 at plus money and I was like listen if somebody beats 4.29 you just have to tip the cap and so we're on prime yeah. t- we're, we're on the show last night and all of a sudden so then Chris Olave from Ohio State goes 426 then Ty- uh, Tyquan Thornton from Baylor breaks supposedly right at the moment broke the all-time combine record John Ross at 4.22 with a 4.21 and at that point I'm like can someone check this stopwatch and they had yeah, to. They yeah, had to. Yeah, they had to adjust all of them. It did turn out that Thornton was given the four point two eight, so we did lose the bet for those who made it. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but like, what was that all about? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just you know, recalibration. You know, things get off. I, there's a lot of possible explanations. Uh, one guy I was talking to at the team this week was talking about the forty times specifically, uh, and you know, he liked it for basically for receivers and maybe running backs. And beyond that, he didn't put too much stock into it, assuming you don't have some you know, stupid outlier time. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, he says, you're a cornerback. How often are, you know, you running 40 yards straight? I mean, it's kind of cliche. Same thing for the linemen and whatever. It shows something. But, you know, he, for a cornerback, for example, he's specifically saying, you know, he would rather, you know, show me some mobility, you know, how is he changing directions, how fast can he accelerate and decelerate, that sort of thing. Last thing on this, because I want to get to your soccer pick, but, you know, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners came out and said, first of all, there's a lot of players who opted out of the, of the combine. But Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, one example of a team that's like, you know what, we're not going to the combine. We're not doing this. Yeah. And this, like the Kenny Pickett hand size thing, to me, is the exact reason why I get why they do that. Because it's like, let's say you have an opinion on one of these, but let's say you love Kenny Pickett. Like, do you want to be polluted by combine nonsense? Right. Yeah, it's kind of, I think, you know, I think you've mentioned this or in the past, even like in a betting sense, sometimes you just want to come in clean. You know, you don't want right. to read anything. You want to figure out what you think. It's kind of what you do on your Monday morning guest in the line thing. Like, let's try to, you know, come in clean, start here, and go from there before, yeah, you get into the group think that you, you see on That's digital right. or social or reading everything, et cetera. That's right, because the downside is you end up drafting Mike Mamula if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Like, famously. <laughs> yeah. In 1995, yeah. it's like, oh, he's a combine Hall of Famer. We got to draft him. Yeah, hi. I remember reading. There was a Sports Illustrated article about him. It might have even been like a, an inset on the cover or something. But there was an article, and you know, at that time, I didn't really know who he was. But I remember reading that and be like, oh man, this guy, he's going to be something. Uh, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Because you know why? Here, here's the here's the, just between you and me, Paul. The combine is not football. Just between you and me. Let's keep what? that between ourselves. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, won't, I won't tell anybody. Yeah. Premier, uh, Premier League, you do have a play. How's, by the way, how's your season yeah. going? I am up one unit on the season so far. Oh, wow. Ruffling a little bit lately after a hot start. We're up a unit right now. Okay. You have one play. What do you got? I, I do. I've been swamped with NFL stuff this week, but I made this play on Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know what day it is anymore. Uh, so the big game of the week is the Manchester Derby. This one's on Sunday. Uh, Man City against Man United. City's in first place. United's in fourth in a big battle for that fourth place spot and the uh, last Champions League berth. Uh, so I have, I'm taking Man City. I'm laying the goal and a half. Uh, plus 105 is the price I got. Uh, United 
Like, their results under their new manager, Ralph Rainmaker, are decent, but they haven't played anybody. They haven't played, uh, you know, they haven't played City or Liverpool or Chelsea. They played West Ham and Wolves, I think, were their two best opponents in the league, and they split with those two. Uh, we saw against Atletico, it was probably the best team they played under the Champions League a week, two weeks ago, that Atletico just dominated the game even though they didn't have the, have the ball most of the time. United only got seven shots. Only one was from inside the box. They were lucky to get a draw out of that. And if they struggle against Atletico and United has the ball, like they're going to really struggle against City because City is going to have two-thirds of the ball. Uh, they don't give up shots at all. They've only given up double-digit shots five times all Premier League season. I think it's capped at eight in the last eight games, and that includes playing Chelsea and playing Arsenal. So I think this looks a lot like their November game when City beat United 2-0. They had two-thirds of the possession. They outshot United 16-5. to I expect more of the same here. Cities, um, they're in good form. United, again, haven't been that great under Rangnick, just still trying to figure things out. So I think City wins this by a couple goals, 2-0, 3-1 type of game. I'll wait the one-and-a-half goals. All right, Man City minus the one-and-a-half goals. Man City uh, leading the Premier League, but not running away with it. Liverpool just six points no. back. Yeah, played one fewer game. And uh, Man no. U struggling to remain, to remain in the Champions League top four there. West Ham knocking at their door. So big game. Yeah, and Arsenal's, Arsenal's a couple points back, and that's three games in hand. So yes. Table kind of weird. Yeah, table is kind of weird. You're right. Three games in hand as well. Three games fewer played. Paul, thank you. Enjoy the rest of the combine and its shenanigans. Oh, it's, it's always crazy and always fun. Thank you. All right, man. Paul Carr, at Paul Carr, C-A-R-R, on the Twitter machine. Matt Cox, college basketball plays tonight. Oh, there's plenty. Coming back. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on v the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson. Got Matt Humans in there, Wes Reynolds, Tim Murray, Greg, uh, Jeff Parlay as well. On every key team conference, a player to watch. From the favorites to the potential Cinderella's, sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. Skill Alexander. I didn't want Greg to get all the juice. Well, you know, spread the love around the college hoops. A lot of college hoops experts here at the uh, at the network. This gentleman plies his trade in college basketball as well. One of the three man weavers. Apparently, Jim Root and Kai McKeon, like they don't do anything, uh, you know, on a numbers game anymore. It's Matt Cox four times this week between the two shows. How you doing, Matt? Uh, fantastic. Yeah, good to have officially assumed the uh, the mantle for most common numbers game. Yeah. I think I'm going to take it. Here of the three man wave. Think so. I'm going to take it personally. Honored. Think I'm going to. Take I'm sure it they personally. won't. They usually do. They usually do. <laughs> um, where do we start? There is so much college value. So here's the deal. So today, today the Southern uh, Conference uh, tournament tips off. Big South quarters, Missouri Valley quarters, Ohio Valley semis. West Coast Conference continues with their funky bracket. I don't even know what to call this round. Uh, tomorrow, Colonial and Summit League tip off. Then you'll have the Atlantic Sun semis, the Big South semis, the Missouri Valley semis, the Northeast semis, Southern quarters. By the way, what a start to the Southern, or what a start to the uh, to the Big South uh, conference. Oh, yeah. Southern quarters tomorrow, Sun Belt quarters, West Coast conference gets goes on then to their quarters, and the Ohio Valley championship tomorrow. So the first actual auto bid will take place tomorrow. Then on Saturday, the America East. 
And then you also have the America East tips off. You also have the Big South and Missouri Valley Championships. So it, it's just, and this is before we even get to the big conferences, right, next week, when it's just an absolute cavalcade starting on, I believe it's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday when it's ACC, Big West, Conference USA, WAC, Atlantic, you know, it's just all over the place. Anyway, all that to say, let's just talk about the ones that tip off today, tomorrow, and Saturday, because we've talked about the small conferences prior to this, but I don't believe you and I have gotten to this. So the Southern tonight or today, where when you look at this market to win this conference, is there a bet here? Yeah, I think there is. Um, Chattanooga is where I'm where I'm uh, invested. I think I mentioned them a few times on your show before. I'm take a I took a similar approach as I did with the Missouri Valley Conference, um, just looking at how the matchups and the bracket chuck out. And there's the bottom portion of the bracket in the SoCon that has Furman, which is actually the highest rated team in Ken Palm and in a lot of uh, analytical metrics. They're the two seed on the top is Nuga. Um, but down there at the bottom with Furman is Stanford, UNC Greensboro. I think that's a very, very tough gauntlet of a bracket, similar to how in the Missouri Valley, you had Loyola and Bradley slotted against each other in the top. I'm just trying to avoid what it looks like the very, the sort of the, the, the messy areas of the field. So Nuga potentially can play Wofford or VMI if they march onto the semis. Uh, VMI is really banged up. You get a key guy who may be out in that game. Um, I just think Nuga is a pretty safe bet to make the title game. And I think at plus 200, I know we always talk about, is it better to bet the future price or just to play the money line rolling over? Um, looking at the potential prices, I actually think the Nuga plus 250 price, if you can find it, is a good wager. I know it's been bet down a little bit in most places. Uh, I see like plus 200 at FanDuel. I think plus 250 or better is worth taking Nuga. Otherwise, just try and play that money line rollover parlay type of strategy there with the uh, the mocks. All right. I just like that you keep saying Nuga. Nuga mentions cash over five and a half for Matt Cox. Nuga. Uh, okay. Tomorrow, uh, Colonial and Summit Leagues tip off. Colonial uh, uh, Athletic Association. Where do you go here in this market? I really wanted to take Towson. Uh, they've been kind of my darling team all season in this conference, even though UNC Wilmington got a lot of the headline because of their insane and probable comebacks. I think I've actually usurped both Wisconsin and Providence in the almighty luck metric. Won a ton of late games with crazy runs. They feel like that team of destiny, but Towson's the most complete team. They're the one seed. Um, it's all neutral, nine-team field in, uh, in Washington, D.C. However, I just don't like their price. They're going up at plus 140 right now. Feels way too expensive for me to take. If you're going to go with the bet here, I think the play is a team like Hofstra, uh, the pride who I think have shown they can play with, with, with Towson in, in the right situations. They, they competed in that, I think that second game against them. Um, they, 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 they can shoot it. They got size up front. I, I think if you're going to play something here, that's where you're going to lean. But again, this is one right price. Stay away. So no official bet for me in the colonial, which is annoying because usually with a field that's as open and as wide open of a field, you'd like to find value in those, but just with the way the bracket chuck out, and just the question marks I have with a lot of these teams and the prices, I stayed away here. I'm always amused if all these, like, you know, D.C. area hotbed of, of college basketball schools, right, whether it's Georgetown, Maryland, um, you know, on down the line, GW, George Mason, whatever it is, and Towson ends up being the one, you know, to make the dance right. in the end. Uh, all right, Summit League tomorrow tips off as well. One more. What do you got here? Uh, I, this is actually my favorite of the bunch for uh, the weekend tournament kickoffs. I took South Dakota State. Uh, I guess I'm drinking a lot of juice with these with these favorites in the conference tournaments, but just the theme we've seen throughout college basketball. I think you look at Vermont in the America East, which starts, I believe, on Sunday. 
the top teams were dominant all year. And I think in a spot where they know they have to win the conference tournament, the relative variant, the difference between how good they are and, and the rest of the field, I'm leaning pretty hard. Jack Bunny's here. Uh, I think they're in your lock to march the title game with the way the bracket shakes out on the bottom side of the bracket. You have Oral Roberts in North Dakota State. Those two are going to have to slay one another in a, what should be a phenomenal game. So basically you can feel pretty good about the Jack Bunnies being in that title game. And I think their offense just has a different gear and their defense somehow graded out as the best in the conference. So unlike the old South Dakota State teams that you may have known from the past, the Mike Doms, the Nate Walters, it seems to actually defends. Uh, even though the reputation is an offensive juggernaut. So I like the Jack Bunnies, man. I think if they can march through uh, two games, they're going to be a real, real tough out, potential giant killer in the big dance. Potential giant killer. That's what. We're, that's also what we want to know about. It's again, who who of these small conferences, who's going to get an auto bid, who can also get an upset in the first round, maybe even in the second round? You're saying South Dakota State might be one of them. Uh, by the way, the minus 175, we will get to the America East here, your thoughts briefly. But this triggers something we were talking about with Tim Murray last night, which is, Let's go to next week for a second. The ACC, Duke is right around that price that South Dakota State is in the Summit. Duke's right around minus 175-ish. I think you might even be able to get them at a better price to win the ACC yeah. tournament. I might be wrong, like minus 125 or minus 115. Basically, they're a small favorite. But, like, wouldn't you make that bet? Like, who who else in the ACC? Because the ACC is just the, I mean, what happened to that conference? Who's beating them? Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, the dynamic with the ACC is there's basically Duke who's locked into a an auto bid, right? I mean, they're fighting for a potential one seed. If they were to win this conference tournament and some other things break their way in other tournaments, they have an, ins- or an outside shot at getting a one seed. The next safest team in the field is like a 10 seed. And so a lot of these teams are going to be, you know, if they, it's kind of a loser go home, like loser leaves town type situation handicapping perspective i don't really put a lot of stock in that like i don't think like teams that are more motivated for at large berths have an edge in these situations but it's worth noting um and i guess that's maybe a concern for duke to win at all is that they could catch a couple teams that are like i said that their livelihoods are on the line effectively knowing if they can get a big duke when they feel safe about getting in the field right but back to your initial point i think minus 130 is too cheap i think Duke's yeah. been the best team all season the way they played the last few games uh, coach k talked um very like proudly about how his team seems to have gotten it like there was a flip that or switch that flipped on the last couple of weeks with with their buy-in to just defending and understanding the game plan and i know that's all cliche coach speak but when you hear coach k talk very um boisterously about that i tend to listen because he's not one to always um you know he's more of an honest truth speaker when it comes to assessing his team so i did my light bulb kind of flicked on when i when i heard that yeah when you were saying the stuff about it, and i get it you're like oh if we be do we, we we're insured to turn him a bit whatever the counter to the counter would obviously be well this is the coach k swan song too right so there's yes there's yep. that you know in play as well real quick before we and, get a break oh i'm sorry go ahead yep no and they're also going to probably be coming off the unc game right so if right. they smack unc maybe there's a little bit of a hangover in that first round game but i doubt they're going to lose to in the first round it'd probably be a second or, or semi type of situational loss the america east with the rare saturday start to a uh, conference yeah. tournament uh but this uh this is this has always been vermont's little playground right if i'm not mistaken america east yes yeah yep they've had some uh, some hiccups in the past umbc the retrievers knocked them off at twice in the last uh i think what five seasons obviously the most notable being the crazy 16-1 game when they wanted a buzzer beater at vermont to get to the big dance but this team is categorically better than the rest of the field. The other teams have a myriad of issues. No one defends in this conference. Vermont's just multiple weight classes above. And I don't mind 700 to really, really 
expensive price delay. Um, I think if you can shop and maybe find some like minus 500, that would be worthy of a bet, in my opinion. Yeah, the America East Championship is not for the, they extend the tournament out. But how many? How many? Just in your mind's eye, how many mornings, weekend mornings, do we wake up and it's like the standalone game at Vermont to get into the yep. NCAA tournament? Like the 10 a.m. start. That's right. right. Yeah, they always yeah. do the schedule out for the uh, the old TV at the viewership there at the Catabounce, yeah. very cozy little gym. Exactly. Yeah, yep. high school right. gyms. Well, we'll get to all the bigger conferences and your thoughts on those, uh, including the ACC. We'll probably rehash it, but we'll get to all the other ones next week. When we come back, your picks for the night in college basketball, whether conference tournament games or not, because uh, there's a whole bunch of college basketball beyond just the uh, the tournaments themselves. Coming back with Matt Cox from 3-Man Weave at 3MW underscore CBB. If you want to check out his work, Jim Root and Kai McKeon. Coming back, Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code of Easton 200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code of Easton 200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit Visit, rather, betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Speaking of the NBA, which we'll uh, dabble into, I believe, with Adam Burke here coming up. My goodness, the Lakers, once again, losers. Now, four in a row. Get smacked by the Clippers last night. Clippers had a 23 to nothing run. 23 to nothing runs just do not grow on trees. 
Lakers fall to 27 and 35, eight games below 500, and are now precariously closer to falling out of the play-in situation entirely. The Blazers, who are in the 11th spot, two games behind the Lakers, two games. And again, if you go to the remaining strength of schedule in the National Basketball Association, the Lakers have the hardest single schedule remaining in the Western Conference. Only the Bucks have a harder remaining schedule in all of the NBA. I hope people uh, grab that in-game under. We talked about what Felica texted in the other day. Under 37 and a half. It's not at 37 and a half anymore. I think it's probably down to 35 and a half with the Lakers here with just uh, 20 ball games left. Talk more college basketball. We'll bring Matt Cox in. Uh, Matt, we want to get to your picks, but I, I wanted to bring up uh, Arizona for a second. Because obviously, last Saturday, and among the slew of upsets that took place at the top of the AP rankings in college basketball, they were nine-and-a-half-point favorites against Colorado. They got beat. And then they come back, and they play USC the other night. And we, we came back out after the show. I was watching it, and I was just like, they are so good when they're good, right? Like, they were just a transition yep. game against USC. It was just a sight to behold. You're like, man, this team can beat anybody uh, at the top of their game. Then they, yesterday... We saw all of that within one game, right? They're losing to Stanford for a good yeah. stretch of that game, and then they just roll them at the end. So all of that to ask you, where do you – like, can you trust this team come come March Madness? Like, where do you go with them? No, I think you can. The If you're going to nitpick – um, the one area too is at point guard. And I hate saying that because my guy, Kirk Krista is just my spirit animal as he is many wildcat fans, but he has been erratic at times. There's, he's not always the most consistent shooter. Uh, he's not like that prolific dynamic shot maker at the point of attack, but with the way this team plays, they don't need that. Um, they're phenomenal up front. The way they run the floor and transition is just next level good, like NBA level good, like what the Tommy Lloyd and Mark Few at Gonzaga, the way they play in transition, it just transcends any sort of team in college basketball. And no one's really figured out how to defend it. Like you can't really keep Gonzaga or Arizona out of transition. They just, they push with such pace. Mm -hmm. uh, they come at you in waves and they're just impossible to keep out uh, out of the lane when they have ahead of steam. I love this team. I think they have final four potential. Like I said, if there's a nitpick, maybe it's at point guard. Um, but I excused the game last night. I mean, they played Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, and then last night, and now they play again Saturday against Cal. I think that was just a running out of steam a little bit down the stretch, coming off the mountain trip last weekend with the loss. So um, I excuse that sort of lethargic part of the game where they didn't look as dominant as we've seen them throughout the regular season. They're fine. They're top four, final four team. And you like Tommy Lloyd as a coach because I know I, I do that championship. Oh, yeah. I do that championship formula thing. And one of the you know one of the parameters is you have to have Sweet Sixteen experience, which obviously he doesn't in his first year. But like, there's nothing about him you don't like. And I'm reminded of this because again, I was at the Pepperdine USD game, which I know is a low level you know West Coast Conference tournament game, but. I, you know, Pepperdine didn't end up covering, and I completely, I'm sure he's a lovely man, I'm sure he's a great maker of men, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's a great recruiter, but I was like, I, I didn't understand what Lorenzo Romar was doing in that game. I was like, you, there's no, you had no business, first of all, you should have won the game, secondly, not yep. to cover that, I was, it was so frustrating. Frustrating. Well, I mean, we when you back Lorenzo Romar, it's Man. just kind of what you sign up for. Uh, yeah, also a plus six <laughs> loser you. for me there, Gil. Oh, you as well? Yeah. Yeah, I so, was baby. Brutal. Didn't didn't go out. Yep. But you have no, you have no. So the Tommy Lloyd thing doesn't bother you at all. You like him as a coach. No, he is. Yeah. Think of him as just Mark Few, two point Okay. So if you like Mark Few, respect what Gonzaga's done, respect how they play. That's the same type of model of team that you have there. With honestly, maybe better talent. 
I don't know if I go that far because Chet Holgram's a, a freak, but I mean, he, they've got some legit dudes. They got some horses there for sure. All right, let's get to your picks tonight. Where do you want to start? Uh, I'm going to the Big South. I'm taking two dogs, uh, one of whom's coming off an overtime win two days ago. I think the key de- or the key common denominator between my two plays, North Carolina A and T and Charleston Southern is that they had a, a day off to rest and prepare for this game. I, a lot of these conference tournaments, the back-to-back spot really gives them the heebie-jeebies. I almost will never back uh, a team that won in the first leg that plays leg two against a motivated favorite um, with no days off. But NCANT and Chuck South both got that much-needed day off. AC, or Let's start with NCANT playing Longwood, who's been the darling of this conference all season. Um, eight points is just too many for, you know, these two teams matched up well in the regular season. They split NCANT actually should have swept them. They were up big at Longwood uh, and then blew that lead late. So I think plus eight, even though it's a tough spot, like I said, quick turnaround with coming off the overtime win. Uh, it's a deep team. So it's a team that shouldn't be overly gassed or at risk of, uh, of running out of steam. And then on the other end, uh, Charleston Southern, man, I'm just riding this team until they, until they go out. Amazing effort against UNC Asheville. They defended, um, categorically better than we've seen all season. Just another example of a team that's probably reinvigorated after a dismal, dismal uh, regular season. And that opening game fell right into Bob Stoll's betting bad teams in conference tournaments is typically a very profitable strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that holds up here again with that critical day off. Um, I guess a USC upstate team that's kind of been an overachiever all year. So yeah, I like both big South pups today. Yeah, North Carolina A&T game, by the way, against Longwood starts at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Early. Yeah, so like just over an hour from now. A&T used to be in the MEAC when I was a kid. Used to vie with Howard to get the auto bid right. in, the, in the MEAC for the for the joy of getting crushed by a Duke of the world uh, in the first round of the Big Dance. But they're in the Big South now, so that's Big South round two game that starts at noon Eastern. And then uh, the Charleston Southern game, the Big South round two game, and that's at 11 a.m., Eastern, excuse me, 11 a.m., pardon me, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. So all these early games, all these tournament games, it's uh, the joy of college basketball today. Did you say you have a third pick, too? Did I miss that? I do. Yeah, I'm just a, you're right. Both those games, early tips, yeah. tend to think that plays better for the dog, right? Uglier type of game, earlier tip, and totally, I think, in those type of, if that's how you see these games playing out, backing right. the dog is usually a pretty good bet, too. Muddy it um, as much yeah, as possible. My third pick, yeah, I see. Exactly. Right, right, right. Uglier the better for the pup. Uh, third bet, I did take Mercer, minus five and a half. I think it's up to minus six. I'd still take it at minus six. They're playing Western Carolina. I think Greg Gary's team's a sleeper in this tournament. I think they can make a pretty deep run if they get hot. Former Matt Painter assistant. They have some big time size up front. Got some key guards back late in the year. Uh, they're undervalued because they blow leads so commonly. And I just think in a setting where it's loser go home uh, against a Western Carolina team, that I just don't respect a, a ton. I, I think they they win with uh, with pretty strong conviction today. So Mercer minus five and a half, minus six. Okay, and uh, real quick because we only have uh, we only have ninety seconds here. But for those who missed sort of our giant killer conversation, I think we had it earlier in the week. Um, you mentioned one today, South Dakota State. If they can get into the big dance, they have the characteristics to be a giant killer. You've brought up Chattanooga, I believe, is the other one that you talk yep. about a lot. Is there is there some is there another team you wanted to add to that list? Yeah, I think both of those are really good comps or giant killers. There's actually two better ones. Um, Towson, that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. just in your neck of the woods, and then North Texas. Towson because of their ability to control the boards. Um, like you've seen Old Dominion is a common giant killer team in years past because they relentlessly crash the boards. They can steal extra possessions for themselves. It's all about that winning that it's winning that possession tug of war, and that's the key. So 
tout some of their ability to shoot this year, but with their bedrock of offensive rebounding, I think fits into that mold. In North Texas, the same DNA we saw last season with Grant McCaslin, you crawl the game up and down, 60 possession. You got some big-time shooters that can get hot in a low possession, high-variance game. North Texas is probably the best giant killer prototype that exists in this field. Um, and, man, Grant McCaslin's a coach I want to back on any day of the week and twice on Sunday. What he's doing in North Texas has been nothing short of magnificent. All right, here's another one then, and I'll ask you about this probably next week. Who's a team that you could see not making the big dance, but you could see being motivated to win an NIT? Because we will be able to bet on that yeah. as well. Yes, we will. I know I'm, I'm normally not a better of these uh, non-instituted tournament teams. I'm going to look at Belmont team that probably could come just short of the NCAA tournament. I bet they lose to Murray um, or Moorhead today, actually. And I think that team is really good. They've just gotten a tough draw against two very, very athletic teams uh, in the OVC. And I think that's a team that would put all their chips in. These mid-major teams are just ones I want to back, I think, in the NIT. There's no, like, Memphis yeah. this season where it's just, like, a criminal underachiever that's going to be in that field. So, yeah, go <laughs> Belmont. That's so true. Criminal underachiever. Matt, appreciate it. Enjoy a full day and a full weekend of college basketball, my friend. Should be a good one, man. Always a pleasure, Gil. You too. Matt Cox at 3-Man Weave. That's at 3MW underscore CBB on the Twitter machine. Chrissy Andrews to join us next hour. John Anik on UFC 272. And Adam Burke next, right here at Visa. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.